This is The Huddle. Sports, passion, positivity. Hello and welcome back to The Huddle. The Huddle is a podcast that focuses on positive sports chat. We love to hear from sports people about their lives, their careers and how sport can have a positive impact on our communities. Our names are Archie, Elroy and Kingy. Today we are lucky enough to have Aaron Webb on the podcast. Aaron leads the academy program for the Canterbury Crusaders and the academy aims to develop 50 young men a year to become the greatest. In 2022, Aaron ran 102Ks to raise funds for the Child Cancer Foundation. Welcome to the huddle, Aaron. Hey, thanks for having me on, gents. It's awesome to be here. Mm. Where were you born? Uh, well, I'm actually a North Islander. I was born in Gisborne, of all places, uh, and I grew up there for maybe about four years and then moved to Wellington, Dunedin, and then I did most of my schooling here. Oh, yeah, nice. Can you tell us what growing up was like for you? Uh, yeah, it was pretty exciting, big adventure. Uh, we moved around a bit, as you yeah. probably know. Um, and I settled in Christchurch, played a lot of sport when I was a kid. So rugby, cricket, softball, badminton, athletics, everything you can imagine. Um, did a lot of outdoor activities. I was a Boy Scout. Not that many people do those things <laughs> these days. But um, yeah, that was awesome for me. I got a, got to spend a lot of time in the mountains, um, rivers, rafting, kayaking, all that kind of stuff. Who in your family is your biggest supporter and how do they support you? Ooh, good question. Uh, well, it's probably my wife these days. Um, the way she supports me is my job's really demanding. Lots of different hours, weekends, evenings, early mornings. So um, we've got a daughter as well. So she spends a lot of the time doing the things that I can't do when I'm, you know, parenting when I'm not around, and I have to travel a lot for work. Um, so yep, she's she's awesome support for me. Um, she really supports what I do on a day to day basis, and and loves the fact that I, I guess, help young men be better human beings and good rugby players at the same time um so that's her but you know when I was growing up my parents were awesome as well my mum passed away last year so you know she's kind of always in my thoughts around that as well did you play sports growing up yep a lot of sport (laughs) anything I could get my hands on pretty much um so yeah I loved rugby but cricket was a big passion of mine um touch basketball at school um like I said badminton softball pretty much anything football I was hopeless at but I still love playing it um now I'm obviously more into a little bit of individual stuff so running mountain biking um non-contact <laughs> <laughs> yeah why did you want to get into the academy job yes yeah, it's, it's probably a, a kind of a weird one uh I was coaching so I coached for 10 years um sort of under what you call under 21s grade of rugby so you know, guys that were coming straight out of high school and into university or, or work. Um, and I really love that age group because that's when you see heaps of growth in them as people and, and as rugby players. Uh, and I was teaching at the same time. Um, so the kids that I was teaching were um, either excluded or expelled from school. So they were they had pretty tough lives. So um, it, it was a place called the Kimahir Adventure Programme. And uh, so what I did there was I worked with these kids to help them get out of the situations that they're in. So, you know, some of them are in trouble with the law and 
um, didn't have a lot of support from home. So I kind of the mix of both of those, the rugby side of it, but the helping young people grow is what really got me into the academy. I mean, I love rugby, but I, I guess in the academy space, I love seeing these guys grow as human beings first and foremost before the rugby. Um, the rugby will take care of itself at the end. But, you know, if they're growing their leadership skills, um, their ability to talk in front of groups or come on a podcast, which we've had Jack, who you've already had on, you know, he's one of our lads. Um, you know, all of those things where they can help someone else in the community, you know, if I can help them do that, then that's kind of what drives me hmm. most days. What do you enjoy about running the academy? Uh, yeah, that's, that's a big part of it, like I just talked about. But I think the... Um, you know, the fact is that I'm privileged to work with boys that are trying to be the best version of themselves. You know, they're striving to be, you know, the best rugby player or the best prop or the best hooker or the best halfback. Um, you know, so I, I really get to enjoy that. But, you know, my job's really varied. Like, obviously, talking to you guys today, but um, this morning I've had a, we had a gym and skills session at six o'clock this morning till 7.30 so I started with that and then I've had a couple of staff meetings I'll go back this afternoon um, I've got to do some video analysis of one of the players and have a meeting with him about that and then we'll be back into another gym gym and skills session this afternoon so it's really varied you get to go out and coach on the grass yeah. um, lots of different stuff. What do you think the biggest challenge is running the Crusaders Academy? <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's pretty easy to answer, actually. It's feeding the team, feeding the pipeline. Um, so for m my job is to feed the next group of players into the team. And, you know, when you when the team wins year after year after year, people expect you to keep winning. So um, the biggest challenge is trying to make sure that we get the right players in our program and then help them get to be the best they can be. Um, I think the other challenge is... Um, you know, society's changing a lot. I mean, you look at your school, you guys have just given me a great tour around. Um, but, you know, there wasn't schools like this 25, 30 years ago. Um, but young people that are coming through into our program have changed significantly now through going to different education providers and all those kind of things. So being I'm, – I'm old, a lot older than you, Joyce. <laughs> um, and so being relevant and understanding what 18-year-olds want is a big challenge for me. So I've got to stay you know, up with the language and um, up with the latest trends and those kind of things. As well. mm -hmm. I had a mullet for a while as well. But yeah. mm -hmm. My favourite food is fried chicken. Shout out to Bobby Wayne at CMC Chicken in Cornbread. Describe your favourite meal. Oh, mine would have to be pizza. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's my definitely cheap meal. Um, I try to eat pretty healthy. You know, we expect the boys to eat well, but um, yeah, I can't go past a good pizza. What what brand? Oh, that's pizza. a good question. Um, I'll probably just pretty much go for anything. But um, you got to love uh, a couple of the the local establishments in, in town. There's a really good one at, at Little High, a little pizza place there. I don't even know the name of it. That's terrible. <laughs> Um, but yeah, there's a couple of good places here as well. Sal's is pretty good if you can afford it. But it <laughs> I can't afford it too often, but I love that American style pizza. Yeah. What inspired you to pursue your career and the sport that you've decided to do? Um, yeah, that's a good question, actually. I think um, if I go back to what I talked about earlier, it's about helping young people be the best version of themselves. So that's what. I guess inspired me but I always loved sport I think you boys love sport as well right and you understand the value 
that sport gives you as a as a young person, the connection with other people, friendship, that um, work ethic that you have to keep up, the fact that you can't let people down if you're in a team sport, uh, the fact that you you know you go away on trips and you have all this fun. I just lo- I just loved it, you know. And I I mean I do a lot more individual stuff now, but I love team sports, so that's probably what inspired me to get into this. Can you describe the defining moments that shaped your passion for sport? <laughs> uh, yep, I can actually. I was nine years old. Uh, I was playing under nines rugby. Um, I'd been playing for two years, pretty average. You know, probably wasn't even average player to be honest. <laughs> um, and I had a really like we had a just this amazing coach. He was so awesome. He he. I felt all us kids felt connected to him like he was like a father figure to all of us um he made training so much fun we we went away on trips and played sevens tournaments you know in the frost and all sorts of stuff and i i still you know that's 40 odd years ago but i still really remember that season and that's probably what inspired me to um you know be passionate about sport if you are enjoying this episode of the podcast why not check out our latest interview with the women's rugby world cup winner kendrick coxedge Kind of not sure what you're doing, but I just yeah ran around after the coach and and then just um, continued to to love the game. What does a typical day look like for you? Uh, long. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Tuesdays and Thursdays for me are the, my biggest days. So, like I said this morning, start at six a.m. with a gym session with um, part of our group. Um, and we're doing some skills in there and the boys are doing lifting and a bit of fitness as well. Um, then after that, I'll have a couple of hours of sort of admin, kind of, you know, the boring stuff mm. um, to get done. Then I have a staff meeting um, and then in the afternoon, I'll be doing individual player meetings. So either working through some video stuff with them, coaching them, doing some skills with them. The halfbacks I'll have a session with when I get back this afternoon as well. Um, and then into another, the other half of our academy boys come in in the afternoon and do their gym and, and skills. And then on a next week onwards, then I'll go to under 19s training, Canterbury under 19s training, and working in with them. So I start at 6 a.m. and that'll finish at about 8:30 p.m. It's Tuesday, Thursday, so they're big oh, days. Yeah, it's quite a long. 6 a.m. seems like quite early. Yeah, it is. Yeah, you have to be on. Is there a reason that you guys start at 6.30? Six yeah, it's a good question, actually. Yep, we do. Um, so that helps some of our boys are working and some are at university. So the ones that are working, they can get their stuff done before they have to go to work and rather than coming in. The other group comes in at about 4 o'clock in the afternoon and a lot of the boys that are working are still at work at that time. So we have that every Tuesday, Thursday, have both of those options. So they can pick which one they come to. Um, oh, yeah. But they've got to be at one of them each day. <laughs> but you've got to be at both. <laughs> yeah, I've got to be at both. Yeah, I don't have to be, but I love it, so I, I tend, tend to turn up to both. Do you feel like that's a big part of your um, your job, like the the way you have to adapt to people, you know, the people that working, the people, and you still have to include them or whatever? Yeah, you guys are really good at picking up on the questions, eh, from what, what you've <laughs> been given. Um, yeah, good question. Yes, we do have to. Um I've been in this job for 10, just over 10 years. And when I first started, it was kind of our way or the highway. <laughs> um, whereas now we're much more adaptable. So, And you have to be because we want all of our boys to have an education or a trade or something behind them because they're not going to uh, play rugby forever. Um, unfortunately, you get old and slow and 
get injured and those kind of things. So, um, you know, rugby for them might last, if they're really lucky at the professional level, it might, it might last 15 years, but it's probably more likely to last somewhere between three and six years for most of them, which is pretty short. So they have to have another job. So, yep, we have to be adaptable and help them make sure they can succeed inside the rugby and outside of rugby. In the academy, if a player gets injured, do you still, like, help them get through that injury? And does the team, like, help them? Yeah, yeah, it's a really big thing. Um, because I'm just going to use one of the boys as an example, and I kind of understand I won't use his name, but um, so he had a really serious knee injury last year playing for Canterbury under-19s, and he's he's just um, coming back to training now, so it's been 11 months. So he's been not able to... He's been training, but not fully. He can't play. He won't play again until next year, so he's going to have 18 months where he can't play rugby, so a year and a half. Um, so you have to you know what we have to do for him is help him grow still really grow during that period so big focus for him is organization planning communication during that time um he also needs to learn some skills that he may not have time to do if he's normally playing so you know if he's out there training tuesday thursday for his club team or his rep team he doesn't have the time to work on the really small skills but while he can't run or he can run now but while he couldn't run he couldn't run for seven months um, he could work on some really small micro, we call them micro skills, um, of his position. And then um, all those other human skills, the life, what we call life skills, they kind of come along at the same time. So there's a physio, um, there's a mental skills coach, there's a strength and conditioning coach, um, myself who will do the skills. So we're, we're working really closely with them. And then we have another person in our program and she's a... Um, personal development manager so she works on all the life skills so she's working quite hard with him as well and all, yeah. you, sorry you were talking about how um like the sort of average career is three to six years if um it, like how do you help the player who's you know injured for 18 months of what could be his three-year career mm. how do you help with his mental the mental strain of that when yeah you're in academy? yeah it's a massive one right so he um this particular player a lot that's his um, that's what he's struggling with at the moment because he's going, well, I don't know if I'm going to be good enough to play professional rugby anymore. And, um, you know, so we're trying to help him focus on what he can control and what's in front of him rather than what happened to him and the injury and what's behind him because that's gone already. You've got to move on and you've got to focus on what's in front of you. Um, but that's easier said than done. <laughs> um, you know, he still struggles with his knee. Um, you know, he'll get up. You know, maybe one or two days a week and his knee's really stiff and sore but he's got to look after it physically but then the mental side of it is what we, we spend a lot of time on so just again if I break it down to the really clear things it's control what you can control and look forward and look at the opportunities that are in front of you rather than the things that have gone behind you um, you know he potentially is still good enough to play professional rugby in New Zealand and he might have a yeah, he might have a six, seven, eight-year career still. He's only he's only twenty, um, so he's really young. But um, yeah, it's challenging for him at the moment. Do you also like um, try and get the idea of like um, keeping yourself like mentally stable to the other boys as well? Because like it could be you know since it's such a high contact, high um, you know pressure game that it's so, it, it is quite likely, or it is, um, you can easily get injured for a long period of time. Mm. So how do you prepare them for that? If yeah. 
Yeah, and even not injury. Like there's just pressure, like you said, um, for them to make it. You know, they've put everything into trying to in a three-year program with us to try and make it. So if they, you know, they feel a lot of pressure from other people, from themselves, all of those kind of things. So our boys all see – we have a mental skills coach, a guy called John Quinn, um, and they see him every four to five weeks. They have a session with him as an individual, but then they have group sessions as well. Um, and then at any other time they want to see him, they just have to book an appointment, you know, a one-on-one appointment with him. So he's – awesome we do a lot of that stuff in the background as well but a lot of it is about mindset so you know you think about what you guys are doing here you have to have a certain mindset to to run your own podcast right yeah um you have to be kind of put yourselves out there be a little bit innovative be a little bit um i guess um not shy but the the opposite of that and, and be able to be outgoing and contact me and contact your other guests and have all these great questions you guys have got. So, you know, for us, we want to make sure that the boys are thinking in that really positive mindset all the time. So that's a big part of what we do. Um, But also learning how to deal with uh, failure, you know, because they're going to fail. So they, when I say failure, I'm talking about when skills don't go right, they might they might lose a game for their team by making a mistake on the field or they might not get selected for a team and learning that resilience and how to deal with those and learn from those situations is really important. I'm sure the first podcast you guys did was probably a big learning experience, would I be right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, you probably, some of your, um, you know, your equipment might not have functioned properly or the questions you asked might not be as good as they are now and that's what we're trying to teach our boys is if you look back on a year before this what were you doing a year ago it's not what you're doing now and they've learnt so much in that time and it's just acknowledging that learning from your your failures or your mistakes or whatever you want to call them and and keep moving on move forward as hard as they they're going to have to every day um there's lots of other pieces of advice i could give them too but that's my number one that's the top one just you've got to enjoy it you've got to love what you're doing you've got to be passionate about it you guys obviously passionate about what you do Mm -hmm. um you know, so I'm the same. I, I, like I get up every day and I, I don't go, oh, I have to go to work. I'm like, yeah, I get to go to work. This is awesome. I'm so lucky. Um, so the boys have got to be like that too, or the girls, if it's female players as well. They've got to want to love coming to work and, and enjoying being around their mates and training hard and all of that. And then the second piece would be be prepared to fail. Put yourself in a position where you can fail often because every time you fail, you learn something. Um, and if you're learning, then you're growing, and that's the most important part of being a professional athlete, I think. My favourite players are Rich Moore, Sibu Reese, Ari Savia, Renee Holmes, and Billy Harmon. Who is your favourite player, and why? <laughs> oh, jeez. Um, yeah, well, Richie, Richie would be right up there because luckily for me, uh, him and I started in the academy pretty much at the same time. Um, and he's a heck of a bloke, um, just a, a quality rugby player, but even better than that, he's a top human. Um, and him and I have spent a bit of time off the field doing some stuff for child cancer and, and those kind of things as well. So I do really, I really like him as a man. Um, probably my other one, um, I've got lots of them, but um, probably my other one is um, Ethan Blackheader. I just love his work ethic. The guy just works and works and works like you. He's not the most talented rugby player you'll ever meet, but, man, he works so hard, trains hard, and he's a really positive guy, loves interacting with people. You guys should get him on here. 
Yeah. <laughs> um, he'd be a good laugh. Uh, but, yeah, that'd be my two. Yeah, because he, he's had a bit of a bad run. He's got he's injured, played a couple of games, got injured again. Same as Colin Grace. They've just been getting injured, but they're really good players. And when they get back to full, I reckon they're going to make it big. Yeah, I reckon, uh, yeah, and they've got good stories about the stuff they've had to go through because it's been tough for them, you know, but when you talk to Ethan he, and Cullen as well, they're just so positive about this situation because it's an opportunity to learn other skills, do other things during that time. So on our own is critical in my view. Like it's, even though rugby's a team sport, um, our academy's kind of a little bit individualised in a way because, you know, every if you're in, if you guys are in there you're all trying to be the best you can be and make it to the top and but you actually need each other to do that um yeah. and you need us and we need you and um so yeah those those two those last two are really important in my life i think and outside of work as well what are your goals for the next two years? but i'm thinking i'm not gonna make it <laughs> <laughs> um no um again probably go back to what i've talked a little bit about already um is just to keep growing and just to get better at my craft, at what I do. Um, and, you know, if you talk to Richie Moanga, he talks about his craft all the time. And, um, you know, if I can be better at what I do now um, in two years' time, then that's good. So that's at work, but that's being a parent, being a husband, uh, being a son, um, a brother, all of those things. If I can get a little bit better at those... Um, and maybe one sneaky one off to the side. I'd love to run a sub three-hour marathon. Oh, yeah. I'm about ten minutes away from that at the moment, but hey, you never know. Might get there. Three ten I've run before, so I've got to try and get under three. That's pretty impressive. Three ten would be if I get there. Yeah, yeah but anyway, three hundred and ten. Three three minutes. Uh, oh. three hours ten minutes. Sorry for a marathon for forty two k's. Yeah, no, I wouldn't attempt three hundred k's. It's a long way. <laughs> Archie's a runner, aren't you? Oh, not really. I run about like you know just the average five k every. Like we try, me and my mum try to run about uh, three or four times a week. Awesome. Um, yeah, so we've been doing that for about a year now. So that's cool. Where do you run? Oh, uh, just around. We have a couple of different spots we like to do, but just wherever we feel like it. Cool. Hagley Park's nice and close. It's a nice run. I love running around there. Yeah, whenever whenever we can't bother doing it at home, we just when we're at school we'll do it here. Around Hagley, yeah. Good so. on you. Well, um, yeah, I really like running because it just allows me time to think mm. about lots of different stuff. And um, I find it, I know this is going to sound ridiculous, but I find it really relaxing. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it can be. If you do it, if it's a nice run, if you're yeah. not feeling it, then it's not. <laughs> do you ever go run on runs with any of the academy boys? Uh, yeah, I do, but they tend not to want to run with me anymore because I run, <laughs> I probably run far, uh, sorry, slow and long, whereas they want to run fast and short distances but yeah I, I try to train with them every day um because like for me fitness is really good for your mental health and your physical health at the same time um and i want to test myself against them as well it's always good when a 50 year old beats them you know <laughs> then you can go right hey, maybe you're not working hard enough um but yeah no i love it and and at the end of the day I'm, i always learn something from them if i train with them um so what's today tuesday so tomorrow night we'll have um what we call conditioning games. So those are like sort of non-contact games. We make our own rules, touch variations of touch, and um, I always try to play in those games. But uh, those boys are fast. <laughs> yeah, so you've got to be careful. How often around. do you beat them? On oh, me, never. But mm -hmm. um, I just try to stick in there, hold in there, and work hard, mm -hmm. and just show them a good example because that's you know our job is to be good examples. Could probably last longer than. 
been them. Yeah, that, that I might be able to, but um, yeah, like when you've got, um, I'm just trying to think who's come into the team recently, Corey Callow and George Bell and those kind of guys who've just come out of our academy, they can run, you know, they're forwards and they run around me nowadays. So. Oh, yeah. you just got to stick in there. Right? There's some good players there. Yeah, they are, yep. Yeah, they'll be pay, playing for Canterbury, won't they? Yep, they'll be in the NPC. They're playing mm. on, oh, I don't know if they'll... Next game from next week, or is it this Friday? They're playing a warm-up game this Friday in, in Hamner. Yes, yeah. uh, Tasman? Tasman, yep. And oh, the yeah. first game's the following week against Northland, I think. Oh, yeah. Mm. Can you talk to us about your fundraising running? Yeah, yeah, I can. What do you want to know about it? Just anything. Why, okay. why do you do it? Yeah, um... It started in lockdown, actually, because uh, I was trying to show the boys in our academy that even though we couldn't train together, you could still have motivation, individual motivation. So um, I was going to do the Christchurch Marathon that year, but it got cancelled. So I said, right, boys, I'm going to just I'm going to run a training program throughout this whole thing. If you guys want to follow it or do any of it, you can. Um, so three of us ended up running a marathon during that period so me and two of the players two of the halfbacks actually um louis chapman who made his debut for the crusaders this year he ran mm -hmm. a marathon um and raised funds for i think it was men's mental health um and then another guy luke donaldson who played for bay of plenty last year same kind of thing ran a marathon as well so i decided that um I would raise some funds as well uh, and wanted to do it for Child Cancer because I think it's a pretty amazing um, organisation. And if you've ever known anyone that, you know, any children that have had cancer, it's, it's a pretty horrendous thing for them and their family to go through. And um, the Child Cancer Foundation just makes it a little bit easier. So, yeah, we'd started a marathon in 2020 and then um, uh, 2022. I just I was turning 50 and I wanted to do run an ultra marathon 100k's uh, that got cancelled because of COVID as well <laughs> um, and I'd done a lot of training and said well I'm not going to waste it so um, we I ran 102k's yep as you said earlier around Rugby Park Melvin Park which is a 1k loop well, it's just less than 1k so I did 108 laps of that throughout the day oh, what it, how long what? did it take you uh, about 10 and a half hours it was a oh, long non stop day. no I stopped a couple of times and had to go to the toilet and <laughs> eat uh, definitely you have to keep eating and I had to change my shoes and my socks I was such a rookie I had no idea what I was doing really um, <laughs> and I had massive blisters on my toes and big um, big blood blisters I lost all my toenails the week afterwards so. but yeah it was fun at the time <laughs> what what sort of like running that that distance what does that do like because what does that do mentally to you? Like, is that does it take a, a strain on you? Because you have to keep, you know, just keep running, or or do you like it? Uh, I'm not, I don't know if I'd say I like it, but I love the mental challenge. That like for me, the challenge is more mental than physical. Um, it's kind of like that day, the first one I did. I did another one last year, but um, um, that day I. I had people running with me all day, different people all day. So um, that was really cool because, you know, you're running, you're not running at a speed where you can't talk, so you're just chatting the whole time. And that was really cool for me. I got to talk to people I'd never met before. Some random people came and ran with me, and um, yeah, uh, that was awesome. I got to run with people I know well and talk about things we'd never talked about. Um, a lot of it was running-based, but, you know, about 
child cancer and all sorts of charities and stuff like that. So, yeah, it was really cool. But um, you you have to break it down, right? You know, hundred k's just when you think about mm. it, such a long way. Um, so I tried to break it down into ten one uh, ten k blocks in my mind. Um, and then what I would do is I'd uh, in that run because it was all around the same block. I'd try and run t- maybe two blocks in one direction and then turn around and run back the other way for two blocks and just try to break it into little small chunks because um, I don't know if you guys have ever heard that saying is how do, how do you need an elephant? Well, it's one bite at a time, right? So you just mm. gotta you just gotta break it down and and then by the end when I was getting really tired and my feet were really sore. Um, I was just breaking it down into 1K at a time. <laughs> Get around one one block and then, okay, I've done that, do it again, do it again. So, <laughs> yeah, it was pretty cool. And what I, um, I guess the way I motivated myself that day was really thought hard about the kids that were suffering and going through their treatment, their cancer treatment, and that made it so much easier for me because I'm thinking, well, my pain's nothing compared to what some of those kids had to go through <laughs> and their families. Yeah. <laughs> What's your favourite ice cream flavour? Oh, easy. Mint chocolate chip. <laughs> Come on, I love mint chocolate chip. Yeah, me too. <laughs> it's always the chocolate chips with everybody. Always is. <laughs> I just love the mint. No, yeah. I love both. Yeah. <laughs> what kind of music do you listen to? Um, yeah, it's a good question, actually. I listen to a real variety because I listen to stuff from when I was your guys' age and a teenager right through to what the boys listen to in the gym. <laughs> um, these days so I kind of I'm pretty open to most things um, I, I guess I still love a bit of old school rock and roll sort of Queen and some of those old bands from like the, the 80s and the 90s when I was when I was young um, but yeah I'll pretty much listen to anything I'm not so not so excited about the rap with all the swearing and stuff in it but yeah. I, I don't mind I don't mind r- that kind of hip hop and stuff as long as it doesn't have all that because yeah. you have to listen to a lot of that with the young guys. Yep. Yeah, and that's part of what I was talking about earlier. You just mm. still got to be able to connect with them. You still got to mm. be a bit relevant because you can't be the old guy going, "Oh, I don't want to listen to this stuff," because <laughs> then they just don't, mm. don't connect with you. Over your career so far, what are you most proud of? Um, oh, that's a good question. Um, <laughs> I think. I've worked in a few different industries, you know, education and um, uh, sport, but I, I just think it goes back to helping young people grow. That That's what I get my buzz out of. That's what I'm proud, most proud of. Like I could say I'm most proud of, you know, selecting someone in the academy and they've become an all black, which is awesome, um, but it's not what drives me to go to work every day or it's not what drives me. Um, it's helping young people to be the best they can. And I think, you know, I'm a parent now as well, and that's hard work, you know, being a parent. It's really tough. It's challenging. Um, and I'm really proud of what I've been able to achieve there as well. And my wife and I have been able to achieve um, with our daughter. We've only got one child, so we're pretty lucky to, to have her. So we're pretty excited about that. And then, um, yeah, I think just being able to adapt and grow every day and still be relevant is, is pretty important as well. Hmm. Well, that's it for the interview. We'd like to say thanks for coming and talking to us. We realise you're super busy and we really appreciate you giving up some of your spare time. We love to chat from people about their lives, their careers and about how sport can have a positive impact on our communities. Thank you.
Oh, thanks for having me on, lads. And um, yeah, I just think it's amazing what you guys are doing. And, and yeah, I'm really excited to keep following you now and, and have a listen to your new guests that you get on over the next few years and, and into the future. So thanks for having me. Cheers. Thank you. This is The Huddle. Sports, passion, positivity. Yeah, man, it's that boy Bobby Wayne, man. You know how he does it, man. Coming to you live, my chicken coop. CNC, baby. Hello. Go check out Bobby Wayne at CNC Chicken and Cornbread. You'll find him at Bexley Garage on Pages Road. Bobby opens at 11.30 till he's sold out Wednesday to Saturday. <laughs>